They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. What you doing? What you doing? Where you at? Where you at? Oh, you got plans. You got plans? Don't say that. Shut your trap. I'm sipping wine. Sip, sip. In a row. Drip, drip. I look too good. Look too good. To be alone. Whoop, whoop. My house clean. House clean. My pool warm. Pool warm. I just shave. Shave, baby. Like I'm newborn. You should be dancing. Romancing. In the, in east, the wing. east wing. West. And the west what? wing. What's happening? I ain't playing no games. <laughs> You're not. I'm not. I'm not playing any games. <laughs> sip, sip. It's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it so well. <laughs> drip, drip. That's how I like my coffee. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> That's it, Rock. Ooh. Thank you much mm. for joining us. Yeah. This podcast sip, sip. is about drip, drip. Exchanging two <laughs> pieces of. <laughs> okay, we're just not going to do that the whole show. <laughs> People have already fast-forwarded this part. It doesn't <laughs> even really, most people do anyway. It really is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing oh, advice. Yeah. Oh, You're yeah. going to get both of them in just a moment. Yep. And it's going to be squeezed into about 41 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Somewhere in that ballpark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thoughts at Rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer. Drip, I know, drip. I know you know that. Yeah, we do. Especially if you've been listening to us for any length of time. We make it rain over there. At Cannonball Kids Cancer? With money. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. do. And actually, the more people that both subscribe yep. and also listen to the show help to support Cannonball Kids Cancer. Those guys are fantastic. They help find and fund treatment options for kids mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, have basically been told that they've run out of options. And so that's where CKC comes in. They're amazing. you got to go and check them out at CannonballKidsCancer.org. If you like the show. I really do. Why don't you sip, sip for a moment and leave us a five-star review? Drop a drip, drip in that uh, <laughs> wherever, wherever. In the tip jar. <laughs> in the tip jar. Yes, that's right. Drip, drip us five tip, stars. Tip, tip, tip. <laughs> I broke my hip, hip. Uh, wherever we <laughs> Listen, uh, leave us a review. Say something nice. That would be great. The end. <laughs> Remember back in the day when people used to leave reviews for us? Nope. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long while. Listen, we know how busy you are. I'm and super grabbing busy, those, not just talking to you, I'm just talking, oh. you know, generally to the audience. Trying to grab just a moment to capture some wisdom. Mm-hmm. I, I, we get it. I was jumping on a trampoline before you started this. Yeah. You know what I was doing? Flip, flip. <laughs> <laughs> Methinks you hath doth gone too far. So grabbing those little moments of wisdom, as I was saying, <laughs> to amp up your life, they're hard to come by, which is why it really doesn't matter what you're nope, doing right now. Doesn't. You could be on a trampoline. Flip, flip. <laughs> you could be, I don't know, setting up a ring light for your YouTube cooking show. Twist, twist. Maybe you're working on a Sudoku puzzle. Can't figure this out. Maybe you're standing in Hall H line at Comic-Con. I don't know what that is. <laughs> doesn't matter. We just want to be the half hour you've been looking for all week. Flip, Let's tip, do it. Tip, tip. 
Our guest today is our awesome friend, Clint Pulver, who is also a professional keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. He's an author, mm-hmm. a musician, actor, a pilot, yep. and he's also a workforce expert. First and foremost, Clint, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thanks, you two. Rock stars. It's so fun to hang out with fellow rock stars, fellow yes. musicians, homies, oh. and friends. This is an honor. We have uh, waited for this moment for a long time. Clint is is not uh, just an amazing person. He's just so infectious. His energy is infectious. And uh, if you've ever seen him talk, you know that. If you've ever left one of his talks, you know that. Uh, you walk away just just believing that you can change what's possible in your life. And that th- those, are the, those are our favorite kind of people. And oh, so yeah. we're incredibly thankful to have you here today, brother. Yeah, it's an honor. This is I've I've listened to the show several times, and you've had many other colleagues and friends, and so it really is an honor to be a part of this. So thank yeah, you. I look at them as sort of the warm up act to you. That's right. <laughs> That's how we look at it. We've been waiting for the main star. We've for had about hundred and uh, five warm ups. <laughs> yes, yes. 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 So, so, right here we go. <laughs> so we would obviously encourage everybody to go check out uh, Clint's full bio, which obviously we're going to have in the show notes. And seriously, just take a look. He's got a great, great background. I, I like to think this guy just leads a, a charmed life. A, a couple things we will mention. Yeah, he's really known as the leading authority on employee retention. So that's right up my world because, you know, I ran training and development for Hard Rock International for 21 years. So playing in the HR space, so hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Clint has really transformed how corporations like Keller Williams mm-hmm. and AT&T and Hewlett Packard, just a few names, just you, know, a few. That you, you might have heard of some of them. You know, he really helps him create lasting loyalty through his work and research as the undercover millennial. Mm-hmm. You can't see me doing air quotes right now, but that's his gig. He was featured by Business Q Magazine as a top 40 under 40. Yes. Um, we won't well, hold that against him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> do, do they have a top 50? Over 50? <laughs> over 50? Is there some, there's got to be, right? I want to be on the list. Top 50 between 50 and 55. Yes, I'm looking for that list. Um, the other thing is, as he was alluding, you know, Clint is a uh, musician. He's a professional yeah. drummer, really, Amazing. by trade. And yep. he's appeared in feature films and, and mm-hmm. was also on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Here's the cool thing just hot off the presses, too. In 2020, Clint won an Emmy Award Boom. for his short film, Be a Mr. Jensen which tells the story of how a single moment in time and one particular mentor can change the course of a life. He got the E so far for the yes, ego the god that's what he's going for right. that's it and, and that's he's a musician right. so we expect the grammy is going to be coming soon uh, that's right I'm he's, not also, cool. he's also a fellow page two author yes, which uh, again that's our publisher i think we talked about page two books a lot those guys are amazing with this new book mm-hmm. i love it here how great leaders create organizations their people never want to leave which is an amazon number one bestseller What'd you say, Brant? He's in his third printing. Third already. printing already. The thing just like he couldn't keep it in stock. Every time he turned around, he would say, Hey, we just got another shipment in. And before you know it, they were sold out again. So it's a third printing already. You think it's the fonts and the color palette? I, I think it's because he's just a good looking young guy. It is that. It's, it's, it's really... Everybody feels bad for him. That's why. You know, <laughs> yes, like, oh, yes. He came out of the pandemic. He's unemployed. Let's throw him six and buy a book. That's what it is. I think out of all of your your reasons that's the least let's throw them about ten thousand books <laughs> yes yeah. that's right yeah. too good well you know we do things differently here clint we're um we're, we're not going to go through this huge background again i hope people go and check that out in the show notes we just want to get right to the awesome piece of advice so we're going to leave the floor open to you my friend what is your thought that rocks 
I had a quote that changed my life as a young, right out of college student. And the quote was shared to me by a mentor. And the quote is by Oscar Wilde. And it says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. For most people merely exist. And that is all. Mm-hmm. And I, and that quote resonated with me from the moment I heard it until it ultimately changed my life. I, you know, to really live, like really live, live, live a life that's, that's full of significance, not just success, a life where you feel like, man, every day I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? I don't even know if it was Mark Twain that said it. Those two important days in a person's life, the day you're born and then the day you figure out why. But for me, I graduated college and everyone's like, you got to get the stability, the, the job, the money, the benefits, the, 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 the structure, the long-term career, which are all good things. Yeah. But I found myself every single day just existing. Hmm. And it was rinse and repeat day in and day out. I was making good money. I had a be- the benefit package. I had the salary. I had the 401k. But my heart was just empty. I was not doing the thing that I was put here to do. Hmm. And I sat down with two buddies and I said, guys, wouldn't it be crazy if you could find a job or a career where you could do three things? And I call, I call them the three P's. If you could do what you were passionate about, something that actually pulled on your heartstrings, something you loved to do. Yep. Second, it would also provide for you and your family in a way that was sufficient for you. And three, what if it contributed to your purpose in life? Mm. Like where most of the time you felt like you were doing something bigger than yourself. And both my buddies were like, dude, (laughs) your head is in the clouds. Like that does not exist. It just doesn't, you know, look at a teacher, you know, they're full of passion and purpose, but every summer they're looking for another gig so they can make their bills. They can pay their bills or look at a a doctor, you know, tons that make good money, but they're stressed. Their neighbors never see their family. They're constantly, you know, stuck dictating notes and dealing with patients and malpractice issues. I said, man, those three things, like what you're looking for, that's so rare. It's just, it's an anomaly. And when he said that, it triggered that quote in my mind. Mm -hmm. To live is the rarest thing in the world. And two weeks after that conversation, I quit my job and I became a professional speaker. And (sighs) the day I quit my job was the day I truly started living. Mm. And it changed everything for me. Man, I well, think he's going to make it. I think he's going to make it. I think he just caused wow. 3,000 people to quit their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to be working on employee retention, and he sent them out the door. You know, the unemployment benefits run out real soon here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's like it's that overarching thought of like, okay, what if we could create more workplaces where people did thrive, yeah. where they didn't just survive? Or what if we could create a workplace where people actually, you know, they didn't just love their job, but they loved who they were while they're at their job. Yeah. And I, you know, it's been fun to take that concept of living and put it, you know, more so into the workplace. How do we create that environment where people go, I like myself best when I'm at work. How do we achieve that? And yeah, it's been, it's been a, a very fun and very exciting journey. A couple of uh, maybe 18 months ago, Harvard Business Review came out with an article that talked about what's the best way to increase uh, performance at work. And, uh, you know, the the research showed it wasn't uh, money 
It wasn't uh, other incentives that you're offering. It actually was a sense of purpose. And if yeah. the employees felt the sense of purpose, um, they were way more apt to, to perform at a higher level, right? Um, we talk about this all the time is that people want to feel that sense of purpose and believe they can make meaningful contribution. And if they can do those things, then you'll see not just the level of performance that you might not have, have seen before, but you'll experience a level of commitment that they have not made yet because all of a sudden they feel like they're an integral part of the team and not just another number or another person there to, to punch the clock and, and collect their paycheck. And I think that that's, it's what I love about the work that you do and really the, the work that you did behind the whole undercover millennial thing is going in and talking to people and getting the real answers, not the HR friendly answers, not the, I'm going to put this on the, uh, you know, on my Gallup, uh, um, you know, report to make sure that I'm getting all the things that I know my boss wants me to say, but going in as sort of an outsider and, and, you know, he would, he'd go in and he'd pretend like he was interested in working at these places mm-hmm. and he would get like the real skinny of, of how people truly felt. And it was amazing to sort of listen to how people truly felt about their jobs and what they were doing. And, and that to me, man, is that sense of purpose. And, and to me, it has to be attached to, it can't just be that you are in alignment with your purpose. You have to feel like you can, you can make a meaningful contribution, that your, your contribution is both welcomed, accepted, and honored to a certain extent. And if they did that, um, they're much happier. Mm-hmm. They were much happier. Is that sort of basically? I know uh, with a lot of what I've what I've seen and 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 read with the book and and watched in some of the videos, is that what you sort of came across? That that meaningful contribution was a big part of them feeling like this was a good place to work. Big time. I mean, employees where they talked about moments. Moments was like a, a key integral thing. When I would go in as the undercover millennial, I would dress up with a backwards hat on and a regular t-shirt and I'd shave and look as young as possible. And being a millennial, it, it, it worked. And I'd walk into the door and I, I would say, hey, I'm just thinking about applying. I'm looking for a job. You know, would you, would you recommend it? I'm just, I'm looking for work. Yeah. You know, and they always get quiet and they look around. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like an illegal <laughs> drug exchange. <laughs> And then they would tell me everything, what they loved, what they didn't love. But the cool part was when they loved it, when they truly loved their job. And they would say, man, I, dude, I I work here because of Susie. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who's Susie? Man, Susie worked at another tech firm for 11 years and she came over here and I followed her over. Yeah. Or, you know, I I work for this organization and man, I'll never forget our family. We we had a a little baby and then they, they paid for six months of diapers for me and my family. And, and then, you know, my boss, he's constantly advocating. He understands my goals and my dreams and where I want to go. And, and, you know, every month, like he's creating moments and he's talking me up and he's sending emails to the CEO and he's letting everybody know of what I'm doing so that he can advocate for me. Like I'm advocated here. They talked about those types of moments. When an employee hated their job, they talked about the manager. <laughs> when an employee loved their job, they talked about this mentor, a mentor. Yeah. Mentorship versus management, where somebody created moments that contributed to purpose, that, that yeah. brought a, sensor, uh, a higher sense of being and, and fulfillment and joy. And it's the intangibles, right? We call yeah. it the soft skills. We call it the things that, you know, sometimes CEO, you know, CEOs and executives don't always want to talk about because you can't, you can't measure it. It's not a metric. It's not something you can look from, you know, quarter three and compare it to quarter four. It, it's, it's an intangible thing, but to your employees, 
that's what they that's what they remember. Yeah. yeah. That's what they talk about. And it was beautiful to see how good leaders created that sense of purpose by creating those moments. Well, that's validated right by the the Gallup survey that we share all the time that, you know, they they did, I want to say it was back in uh, mid 90s, where they talk about over 25 year period, 2 million employees, and it's an international study. And it's something that we already knew. They, they came to the conclusion that people are joining brands for the reasons that you said, joining because of a person, or maybe they were just caught up in wanting to work for that company, but they leave because of the boss. I mean, that was yes. what you were saying. They don't yes. like the manager or they don't like being managed or whatever it is. But the more people, I know you're an expert on this, if they're just a little bit more to love, whether that's throwing your arms around people, developing them, rewarding them, recognizing them, giving them some opportunities, just that little bit, you just bought them for like another six months to a year, which is in some industries, that's like light years difference. I know in, in hospitality, that was always a big deal. You constantly could not keep people. But if you yes. just did a little bit more to get them to fall madly in love with the brand, you got me forever. You get loyalty totally. with me. So in your totally. world, and, and maybe this is the question, because I think you were alluding to this, how maybe not just only from the stage, but now certainly in, in your book, I love it here. How do you sort of teach companies and brands to do that, to focus on employee retention? Like specifically, what would you say to a company to say, you want to save some turnover, even a couple percentage points, which in some companies is millions of dollars. Yes. What would you recommend for people to do? I think right now, as we're coming out of the pandemic, uh, it's really an interesting time. So we did research with 47 companies during COVID-19. And we're coming out into quarter three and quarter four of 2021. And it was interesting because during 2020, retention rates were at an all-time high. Yeah, Everybody was just, you know, they grabbed their job. And if you had a job, you were really lucky and you just waited it out. Yeah. But now that we're coming out of this, people, really two things are what most employees are talking about. Number one, they remember how they were treated during the chaos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw some pretty horrific things that leaders did. I also saw some beautiful things that leaders did during, during the pandemic. When, when times were tough, what did they do? You know, did they just say, forget all of you, we got to survive as a business? Or did they bring everybody in and say, okay, yeah, we still got to survive, but you're also our people. Yeah. And so we saw two different, different types there. So they remember. And then second, everybody's been given time. Yeah. Time to think. And the world looks a lot different. People are realizing, oh my gosh, I can live in Colorado and work in New York City now yeah. and make twice as much and yeah. save twice on rent. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, people are having a hard time right now hiring and rehiring. They yeah. furloughed a lot of their, their staff and now they're trying to get people to come back and they're trying to work with the schedule and this work from home situation and compete with other brands and other companies that are getting it and they're molding. So I say that to preface this point, I think it's really important that most employers, and they, they, they unfortunately don't do this, they don't individualize the listening process. We've heard that uh, expression, if you feed a man a fish, then you feed him for a day, mm -hmm. right? Oh, if you can teach him, if you can teach a man to fish, then you feed him for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear that, I say, who said the guy wanted a fish? Yeah. <laughs> who said the guy wanted a fish? I'm not really a fish guy. I would yeah. rather have a steak. Yeah. <laughs> The point is, is do we, do we ask and do we create an environment where we can actually get the truth? Mm -hmm. My whole business, my whole organization was created off of an environment mm -hmm. where people could feel safe to speak honestly, yeah. to tell me what they really wanted. And I think there's a lot of bosses that, man, they, they just, 
they have no clue, right? The perception of leadership versus the reality of the employee experience is so night and day different. Yeah. But I would recommend the power of a status interview. Mm. Status interview is it's not a stay interview. It's not a, a, a one-on-one. It's not a time to go over performance reviews. A status interview came from my background in the medical field because that's what I was doing. I was an orthopedic specialist and I'd work in the OR and the doctor would constantly refer to the status of the patient. Can I get a status mm. update? I need a status update. What the doctor's really asking are what are the vital signs of the employee yeah. or the patient, Yeah. right? Their heart rate, body temperature, blood pressure, respiratory rate. The vitals determine treatment. And then we would treat the patient and then you recheck the vitals. Yeah. And you continue that process until we can help, we can maintain healthy stability. A business is a living, breathing entity. So I recommend a status interview that should be conducted. So as we're going into quarter three and quarter four, look at your rock stars. Consider your three top employees, the people that if they left tomorrow, your company would be in a hard spot. And then ask them these three questions. Number one, what can we do as an organization to keep you here? 99.9% of all employees are never asked that question. Mm Mm-hmm. Because bosses are afraid to ask. What if they ask for a corner office and big glass windows and Mm -hmm. ski passes and a 20% raise? But the point is, is to create an environment where you're showing that they're validated. You're showing that you love them. There's some importance there. What can we do? What can we do to keep you here? And it it might be a raise. It might be an increase in money or more flex time. You don't know until you ask. Mm -hmm. And if you can't give on what you're asking for, then look for a variable. Look for something else that you can do. And then the, the second question is what's getting in the way of your success here? Is it, is it Ben in accounting? Is it the team? Is it the pay? Is it the flexibility? Is it the schedule? Is it, is it, is it the location? What, what is it? Yeah. What's getting in the way of you being successful? And then the third question, what can I do to help you get there? These three questions should always be prefaced with vocal praise. And it's an, it's an informal meeting. And I've, I, I saw it time and time again where leaders would take a moment. They'd create a moment and they'd go to a rock star employee and they'd say, hey, John, Sally, I just, I'd love to meet for a minute and just let you know how much we care. How much, you know, I just need to learn from you and hear from you because I can't lose you. And they would sit down and they would give them more vocal praise. We've made it through this pandemic because of you. Everybody on the team respects you. You're an integral part of this business. And I just, I got to know what I can do to keep you here. What's getting in the way of your success and how can I help you get there? I just really, I want to know that because as we're coming out of this, I need you. Mm. And like that little moment, that little moment creates an opportunity for that leader to get a perspective into the heart and mind of that employee. And they've created an individual experience where people go, okay, I was seen. I was heard. Man, I've been I have been waiting to hear this from my co-host for a long time. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Uh, you, wah, wah, cue the sad trombone. Um, you know, so I when you talk about this, you know, the funny thing is I I go back to our our musician days, right, and our performing days. And there's a, a performance coach, a, a buddy of mine, his name is Tom Jackson. I don't know if you know Tom out in Nashville, and he has this incredibly successful. Uh, performance practice where he's, he has helped everybody from Taylor Swift to, to you name it in, in creating a better live show. And what he focuses on is what you are just talking about. It's creating moments during the show 
that people remember. Yes. It's not about anything else. It's not about the overall performance. It's about focusing in on a few of these moments that people latch onto and they go home and they tell everyone they know about it, right? Because of that experience. And that is really, um, I, I just love that you've sort of transferred that thought process into the business world uh, because for us as a performer, that's that, those are those moments, right? We, the, the creative juices flow and you start to go, gosh, I really, this is where we're going to take it down. The lights are all going to come down. We're going to focus on this one, this one moment and you're going to sit there behind the drums and you're just going to hit that kick and you're going to drive that kick. And it's just yeah. going to be this moment and people are just going to start to feel it. And, yeah. and you know, that, that same idea of, of really focusing on creating moments at work that um, people want to go home and talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, we just don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a rare thing. It's so crazy to think that most people, when you talk to the organizations as a whole, at least in, in my experience, um, transformation is a four-letter word, right? They don't want to talk about transformation because if they talk about transformation, number one, that means you must think that they need to be transformed. So there's mm-hmm. something wrong and they don't want to admit that. Um, secondly, it sounds really expensive and they don't want to dive into that. Transformation yeah. is expensive. But if you just talk to them about creating moments that they can actually move the needle in the organization and and push them towards where they want to be at a level that they didn't even think was possible by not overhauling the whole thing, but just focusing on creating a few moments that people can latch onto. Everything changes. Yes. Yeah. We do not remember days. We remember moments. And as yep. performers, you're spot on. Like, you know, the drum solo piece, like nobody cares about how fast I'm playing. Nobody ever is like, oh man, you were doing paradiddles with the flavadiddles yeah. and then like your technique was, nobody says yeah. that. That's right. They all talk about when I put the blindfold on and I That's play right. blindfold. That's right. It's, it's the little moment in the, and I, and I think the coolest part about leadership is that it matters. The hardest part is that it matters every day. Yeah. And those little moments, you know, they can be designed. My, my whole life, my whole life was changed because a teacher took my inability to sit still and turned it into an opportunity and mm-hmm. handed me a pair of drumsticks 23 years ago. And he said, Clint, you're not a problem. You're a drummer. I, I, everybody else sees this issue and I see possibility. That's so cool. And, and he designed it. He yeah. went that, that day and, and got drumsticks, purchased drumsticks, called me after class and handed them to me. Mm-hmm. And he just said, just, you know, when you feel like you need to move, like at night or when you're on your bed, just keep your sticks in your hands. Yeah. Like it was, it was thought out, but it was meaningful. It was an individual experience. And in doing so, it changed everything. And so I yeah. think if we can look for that, stay yeah. open to that possibility, yeah. it doesn't have to cost a lot. It does take some intentionality, right? Yeah. It, it's a grand idea, but, but, I've always said <laughs> marriage is grand, but divorce is about a hundred grand, right? <laughs> uh, same thing in business. Yeah. Having employees, that's a great grand idea. But when an employee leaves your organization, yeah. it costs your company thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think about it. How can we start designing these little moments where people will people want to stay? Where people yeah. don't just love their job, they love who they are while they're at their job. And I'm, it will I'm, pay in spades. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, and first off, we started talking about employee retention and even your comment was about these moments that we could provide for employees, but you were just bringing it back around. I think when you look at this quote about, 
you know, you personally living that it's such a rare thing don't just exist and not, not maybe to get too spiritual or too religious, but whether you believe there's an afterlife and, and you want to live a certain way to, to, to get to a place that there's some nirvana, or if you just believe that you've just got this time here on earth, don't you still want to make it the absolute best that you can? And I think, you know, the point that you were making, I was very lucky when I was at Hard Rock because we had a, um, we had a couple different types of conferences in our corporate university. And I've talked about Rock 101, which was just a cool conference anyway that people would go to. Every manager had to go through that. And it was early on in their career. The cooler conference was the second one. It was called Rock 202. And I know you had Stephen uh, M.R. Covey, you know, Stephen Covey's son actually did a, a nice yeah. endorsement for you in the book. You know, I was lucky enough to be trained by Stephen Covey to do the seven habits of highly effective people. And we hard rock guys the heck out of that thing. We brought it into the organization and it was fun. It was great, but we really morphed it in such a way that it was a five-day conference of personal development and discovery and focusing on what your mission was and where, you know, what your ultimate direction was going to be. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because out of all the stuff that I was lucky enough to do at that brand, that one conference a year that we would do that absolutely, absolutely changed people's lives. And I remember people quoting, you know, managers, general managers that were leaving the company and in their exit interview, they were saying, the reason I'm leaving is because of what Jim Knight taught me in this class, which wasn't good for me. It was the opposite of the retention, you know, which I wanted to focus on, but it was also cool to think that was something that was making a difference positively in people's lives. And it makes me want Brant and I've talked about doing more personal development because, Man, that that is that is legacy leaving stuff. That is soul searching, soul feeding type stuff. And although we joke all the time, a lot of the stuff that I might be doing is more educational. It's a little bit more of the technical, tactical approach. I think the work that that Brant does in you, Clint, I think you're doing stuff that truly is changing people's lives because of your perspective. So, you know, good on you for that. It's not really a question. It's just a it's a nod for all the great things that you do in a space that is much needed and is hard to do. And when you have that gift, boy, it's really appreciated. Well, thank you. I, I think so much of, you know, I look at back on my life and what's made it a great story and, you know, how I've been able to, if there has been any level of success that I've achieved it, it's been because people took time. It's people because they were kind, they created moments, they advocated for me. Like, like hands down, like my, my book, the success of that, so much of that came because of you, Brant. You gave me time. You gave me time. I called you up and I said, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. And you gave me time. And you created a moment and you opened the, 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 the door to your insight and knowledge. And it changed everything. I remember when we were in Canada, Jim, yeah. and you came up and you said, dude, you have no idea who I am. And you slipped me over your book, uh, which I have read. And... And we created a moment there, and it was a moment of advocacy. It was a moment of like, this is for you. I know who you are. I want to connect. I want like, I don't forget those things. People, we don't forget those moments. And and oddly, and or not oddly enough, but I would say beautifully enough, that's the same thing that employees talked about as well. Yeah. You know, the, the, the moments and the memories and the things that were shared where people got to the part about them. That's another thing that I think that's worth mentioning. Every employee... It was, they were always saying this to the, every manager, let me know when it gets to the part about me. Hmm. And sometimes we hear that, 
you know, in leadership and we go, well, those entitled little shining yeah. stars in my life, <laughs> yes. right? Like, That's let me know when it gets to the, <laughs> the part about me. And I would say, you know, it's not so much about entitlement. Yeah. It's just good business. Yeah. It's bringing humanity back into our relationships. And, you know, Brent, you got to the part about me. Jim, you got to the part about me. Mm. And in doing so, we became brothers and homies yeah. and friends. And if yeah. you ever needed anything, like, I'm there for you. It's, it's yeah. those little things that compound over time to create a beautiful culture, a beautiful, beautiful place to work. Yeah, I'll tell you. Something it, we're living for. That's great. Totally. And, you know, to sort of go back to your thought for a second as we transition to the second thought, because I think they tie in really nicely with each other. This whole idea of living is really about feeling alive, right? And these moments make you feel alive. And that's yes. the difference. It's yes. it's not just going through the motions. It's you, 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 your heart skips a beat for just a second because you feel alive in that moment that you recognize, that you're heard, that you're, you know, you, you're acknowledged in a way that makes you feel worthy uh, of something, whatever that is that that's in you that needs acknowledging. And, and it brings us to our thought this week uh, from, from Siddhartha, Guatama. Nice. You like that? You practiced. I did. Uh, and, and our thought is this. Step rock number two. As you walk and eat and travel, be where you are. Otherwise, you will miss most of your life. You know, my The most difficult thing in my life is to be present. Yeah. It is the most difficult thing because I'm always, I'm always <laughs> three steps ahead of where, where uh, I think where I want to be, and so I'm or, constantly thinking behind. about. <laughs> I'm constantly <laughs> about. I'm thinking about where I need to be three steps from now, while I am six steps behind. Um, but but the idea, you know, I, it's it's funny. I've I've had this conversation my uh, with my wife, and it's it's the only time I feel truly present is when I'm on stage. Um, and it's because I have to be right. Yeah. I have to be present. Or if I lose my place, if I, if I just flake out for just a second, it's doomsday, man. It's just all the bad stuff is when that happens, when you're not in the present. Um, and, and I have to consistently remind myself, you know, I, I use a quote from, from, uh, Lao Tzu is sort of my litmus test. Right. And so there's a, there's this quote that says, uh, if you're feeling anxious, you're living in the future. Uh, if you are feeling depressed, you're living in the past. Yeah. And if you're um, if you're feeling uh, at peace, you're living in the present. And that is that. my litmus test, right? So if I'm feeling anxious about something, it's because more than likely I'm projecting my thoughts on what could or should happen in the future. If I'm really depressed, I am focusing on something that uh, a decision I made in the past that I can't change. And um, if I'm really okay, if I'm truly at peace, that I'm in the, I'm in the present. And that's really the only place we can make decisions. You can't make decisions in the past. You can't make decisions in the future. You can only make these decisions here in the present, in the now. And um, that's where we feel alive. You know, that's, that's, what's crazy is that as stupid and as simple as it sounds, that's where we truly feel alive because we recognize the moment in the present. We're not worried about what the repercussions or what could happen from the decisions of that moment. We're not worried about, oh gosh, I wish that moment would have happened 10 years ago. We are actually in the moment, in the present, um, and enjoying it for what it is and the power that it has in the moment. And that to me, um, 
is so difficult, right? I mean, it's so difficult to do that. How have you sort of shifted your life to stay in the present when you have so many incredible things going on? Yeah, it's a constant battle. <laughs> it, it is, you are spot on, Brant, when you, you know, talk about, you know, if, I can't remember who said it, but if you're, the quote is, if you're living in tomorrow, you're going to have a lot of forgetful yesterdays. I said that. And <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there, there are, here, I will say this though, there are seasons, right? There are yeah. seasons, like I just, we just came out of the book launch, you know, you guys will relate to this, you're authors, yep. you've done that, Jim, you just, you, you're the most recent. There's a season where you're like, you put your head down and you're going and you are busy and it is stacked. You're doing X amount of podcasts every day and you're promoting and it is a busy season. And we just came out of that as a family. And there was a commitment from all of us on all ends that we were going to do this. And this was going to be a busy season, but there was equally as strong of a commitment that when it's done, we're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think we're really good. I'm good at, at writing the to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Um, we committed to to writing a to don't list. Mm-hmm. The thing, so so now I don't do shows. I don't do I don't do podcasts on certain days during the yep. week. Yep. And we're back to okay, Kelly. This is the time where you get to go work out. This is the time I get to go and ride my bike. Yep. And nothing else is getting. So we're, we're designing just as we would try to design, you know, or or you know, success or grow our business. Yep. We've tried to redesign and and reinvent peace back into yeah. our lives. Yeah. And how to be more present. Yeah. You know, and we saw it in the workplace too, how great leaders, they realized that, you know, employees, they spelt mentorship T-I-M-E. Yeah. And they can't spell that well, but that's how they spelt it. Yeah. You know, and, and employees or excuse me, CEOs and executives are so busy, you know, every day they're trying to boil the ocean yeah. that they had no time to connect. Yeah. And then they wondered why people were leaving or why, you know, we, can never, we, never, we never got any feedback. Well, you don't have time for anybody yeah. to give you feedback. You're so yeah. busy. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, for me, it's been focusing on the to don'ts and staying consistent in that and, and our calendar. We schedule out that time to be present. We have to be intentional about it because if you're not, it's just, it's literally impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I mean, the, the, you in particular, the three of us, we share a lot of our lives on social media. You definitely are the epitome of these two um, th- these two thoughts. I think that you've done such a great job of balancing your personal and professional life. I, I remember you putting a, a post out there that said, you know, on your Sundays, your church days, you made a commitment to take a family picture and you're able to record that. And part of that is you got to get decked out. You've got to dress up your, you know, the family's got to be there. Like there's something about that. I think, you know, just you making these decisions of not just work, 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 which by the way, I have to remind Brant, Brant has not been on a vacation in 20 years. He doesn't take <laughs> time any time Brandt. off. It's time. It, it is time, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed workaholic. He, in fact, just takes it to a different level and that's how things get done around here for sure. But He's got to do the, you know, we're, we're talking about these thoughts and you're authentic. This is not an intervention brand. And that's, a, and that's all the time yeah, we have. <laughs> and we're wrapping up folks. Yes. <laughs> I just, I, I make a great, um, it, the, the analogy is this, we're, yeah. we are lucky to, 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 you know, we're getting the benefits of the birth lottery. Like we're in one of the greatest countries in the world and we're, this is an international show. We have something like 71 countries that are listening, but we have to admit you're in Salt Lake City. We're in Central Florida. Look at the weather. We've got fresh air. We could, we should, 
and could get out to spend a little bit more time smelling the roses, if you want. I think that's what these things are about. And, and maybe to your point, I, I think some people are just existing and they're missing life because they got their nose to the grindstone and they're just trying to get stuff done. And there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, hustling every once in a while, but don't you want to enjoy that the long and winding road is taking you somewhere and don't you just want to enjoy each of those curves and those moments? I don't know. It's just, you're right. You are, we were making yeah. this one quote about um, what you can and can't do in the past. And it reminds me of that the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Second best time is today. Can't yes. do anything about the past, but we can start doing some things. I'm hoping the listeners who are not in a, let's say a leadership position, just as a personal, you know, somebody who's trying to take these leadership advice, these thoughts, these nuggets, we like to say, and make their life better. I hope what they got from what you're saying and these thoughts are, let me just stop for, you know, for a moment and enjoy the moment, you know, that that'll just make, make the journey that much sweeter. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And I think we all want to like leave a legacy, right? We're all trying to do something that is significant. We're trying, we're try I would hope so, right? You're trying to, whether that's you know, pay the bills for your family or afford to go on a vacation or to do something more for your employees or, you know, to create somewhat of a, of a legacy. I think at the end of our life, we'll be surrounded by two things. You'll be surrounded by the woulda, coulda, shouldas, or you'll be surrounded by the do it, did it, done it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting because I, I ask people all the time, you know, who are the last three NFL MVPs? Or who, who, are, who are the last two Academy Award winners for best actor? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or could you tell me who the last two Miss Americas were? Yeah. Anybody? I can't tell you what I have for lunch, brother. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like and, and usually it's literally yeah. crickets. Yeah. They're crickets, but, that, but, but, but they are people that we, in so many realms, would deem to be successful. Sure. Popular, famous, prestigious, wealthy, beautiful, elegant, successful individuals. Millions of followers on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and nobody knows who they are. Mm. Yeah. But yep. then when I, when I ask the question, you know, tell me the name of a teacher yeah, yeah. that you had in your life that made a difference. Yeah. And we instantly yeah. remember. No hesitation, or, right? Yeah. 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 Or tell me the name of some, an old colleague that's been there for you, you know, during a really rough time this last month. Or you just you instantly yeah. remember those people. Why? Yeah. Because they were the people that took time. Yeah. They said no to a few things so that they could say yes to you. They were the people that created moments. They were the people that got to the part about you. Yeah. And so I've just, I've always tried to remember, okay, if I am so busy trying to boil the ocean, what am I, am I going to have the life of forgetful yesterdays? Or am I striving to maintain that balance of, of being that influential person? Yep. You know, it's like spinning the plates. Yep. You know, sometimes I'm right here and I'm spinning the book plate, mm -hmm. but then, then I got to go over and I got to spin the family plate. Yeah. And then my spiritual plate yeah. and I've got it, you know, there is no one just all in because everything else is going to fall apart. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's a constant tweak, constant balance. And, uh, but I think overall, when we, when we're intentional about that, we reach the opportunity to live, not just exist quicker yeah. and in a more meaningful way. Agreed. Yeah. KT just handed us, uh, this, uh, one of her favorite quotes from John Lennon, uh, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Right. Mm. And that is, uh, that's just it. I, listen, 
the uh, the ocean's overrated. You know how I feel about the ocean. Uh, we should not boil. We should not try to boil. The only two things to get the ocean are a rash and a sunburn. I don't want either one. Yes. yes. So you know, I must say, I'm a mountain boy. Stay away from the ocean, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, how can people continue to follow your journey? What's the best way for them to stay in touch with you? Yeah, all the all the things. Uh, the website is clintpulver.com. Uh, I'm on all the social media uh, channels, and then the book is on Amazon. It's titled "I Love It Here," and uh, I just appreciate you three so much. I appreciate who you are, your time. You have all played intricate roles in my success and in my journey to live. I truly mean that. And uh, you know, this industry can be somewhat lonely, and when you have good friends that support you and they get it, and mm-hmm. you know, we throw the post up on Facebook and. The little yeah. likes and the comments, I mean, whereas we're, you know, it's just the world we're in and, and to have brothers and friends and, and sisters that get it and support and uh, do what you guys are doing. It means the world. So thank you to you both. This There's is a honor. reason this guy is in his third printing. You, you are amazing, brother. Yeah, you are. I, I, I feel so good just talking to you. And I knew how positive just the small interactions that we had, but spending a little bit more time with you right now, it really, you know, just solidifies how authentic you are and you know and again we watch you from a distance but what you say on stage you actually preach and i think that's a great role model for a lot of people so you're awesome man we, we love you thank you love you guys too looking forward to the day when we do an event together yes Dinner, that's gonna happen me. that's so, gonna happen we talk about coming. certified it's rock coming. star He's, he's going to be our guest speaker. If, if it doesn't happen, we're going to do it ourselves. We're just going to have, we'll put Done. on a conference ourselves. Done. We'll show up. We've That's got right. like, the know. only way, KT. Yes. When, when and where, I'm in. Fantastic. <laughs> well, great, man. Well, listen, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, again, I hope everybody goes and grabs a copy of I Love It Here and uh, check out all of the goodness in our show notes. And we will talk to you soon, my friend. Love your brother. Thanks, you guys. Be good. Rock on. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on.